You're listening to the voice of dog and today's story is the second of two parts of The Lone and Level Sands Stretch Far Away by Pascal Farfel and Rob McWolf who have too many stories about uncharted planet hookups and you can find those and more of their stories on their respective Soferi pages. This story will be read for you by Nenakiri Bookworm, the Bespectacled Dragon. Last time, we met two travelers to an antique land. Across the haunted stars they came in search, while newly mated, newly hand in hand, of shattered remnant visaging the dirt. The one has eyes on knowledge and renown, and seeks the truth wherever it may be. The other only wants to lay them down and savor fully love's epitome. But in the reader's mind, a guess appears. This planet's name is lost but not unknown. Look on this tale, ye readers, don't despair. But love your days of love while they're your own. That is the moral of our story today. The Lone and Level Sands Stretch Far Away by Pascal Farfel and Rob McWolf. Part 2 of 2. Entry Dalit Riz 03. If we'd landed here to start with, I would have had no doubts about intelligent life on this planet. The site is covered with densely packed obsidian monoliths of varying size arranged in a square grid. It's designed to look forbidding and unwelcoming, clearly. And I can guess why. It stinks of radiation. Revolting, heavy, and metallic. Corrosive. Weapons grade. It's almost unendurable at the perimeter of the monoliths. I don't doubt that it increases towards the center and would in fact be dangerous if we could hold our noses long enough to get there. But there would be no point. Nothing valued is here. This is not a place of honor. This place would be shunned and avoided even if there were anyone to shun it, to avoid it. And there isn't. What purpose is there to this? Murd. Murd's not talking to me. Phone. Entry, Dalit, Sid, 4. As I anticipated, a severe meteorological event has manifested. A highly radioactive sandstorm. External visibility is near zero. The instruments are showing nothing but static, and of course we can't smell anything but the storm. It smells awful. Hull integrity is normal, and the interior is safe. Just don't know how long we're going to be stuck here. Murd. Bored out of my mind, and it stinks so bad outside. Ugh. Phone. Entry. Dollar. Sid. Seven. In the absence of anything productive to do, I've been investigating the mirror, the artifact phone found at our initial landing site. The circuitry inside is crude, but seems to be partially intact, and I think some of it could be activated with very careful applications of incrementally increasing voltage have programmed some guesses at basic interface hardware into the fabricator, which was a nice distraction while it lasted, but now there's nothing to do but wait again. Murd. Gonna see if I can convince Murd to come to bed, even if it's just to sleep. I just can't take any more of watching the back of Ace's head, brooding, and I can't tell the difference between M being quiet and M being focused and M being furious. Phone. Entry. Dollar tall, zero, zero, one. Had a nap. Fabricator still not finished. Visibility still nothing. Instrument still unusable. Ancestors. Storm smells fucking awful. It smells like the essence of death itself. Murd. Fuck. 
When we woke up, the radiation had dropped a bit around us, moved in towards the buildings. Murd wanted to go outside and get some more readings, but I knew that was a bad idea. I pleaded with M to remain inside, and A agreed at last. A seemed despondent, and I... I felt for M. I really did. Though I was proven right when the sand clouds rolled in again. Wind speed of 160 clicks an hour, battering the ship. We are safe, but... I'm starting to... have doubts about what's going on. What I thought was our honeymoon was everyone else's nightmare. I'm worried I'm going a little unhinged, too. I keep thinking I hear the wind outside starting to turn into a voice. Once I looked up and could have sworn I saw something tall and thin, with a round face and no tail, out in the storm, trying to make for the ship, make for safety. Just for a second. Then, gone. I know the scan says nobody's there. I know. But the soul... Soul has other feelings. I was never as spiritual as my pack seniors wanted me to be. Or as Murd, for that matter. But like, what if we landed on a dead world and woke something up in those creepy as fuck monoliths? Or someone? Uh, I should delete that before Murd sees. Phone. Entry. Dollar. Tall. One. Phone. Can we talk? Well, you're the one that hasn't been talking to me. That's true, and that's fair. And I'm sorry. I was frustrated, and I shouldn't have taken that out on you by pulling away. What did you want to talk about? Well, I don't know if there's any point to continuing this expedition. I no longer believe there's anyone here to find. I'm wondering if we should cut our losses, leave, find a nice resort park somewhere, on a planet that's actually alive, to have a proper honeymoon. And I owe you a proper honeymoon. I thought we were here for a honeymoon. For love. We were. Yeah, the love of your work. You're supposed to rest from that for a while. Now look. You're poring over maps and tinkering with junk instead of being with me even when we're stuck in the same ship. Just like when you're at the museum. Just like when you were at the academy. Just like... But you liked my work. I do, Murd. But I want to see the rest of you, too. Not just your work. I wanted to have adventures with you. I wanted to watch the star set with you. I wanted us to be the first to try exotic fruits that nobody's ever tasted before. Ancestors, I had this whole... scenario planned out in my head where we'd go swimming, and then I'd point out that there was nobody here to see if we just ditched our briefs and... Yeah... I even wrote it in my log entries. I assumed you'd seen it. You thought I was reading your logs? You haven't been? I've been reading yours. I mean, I assumed they were private. That if you wanted me to read them, you would have told me. Okay, yeah, I should have checked they were being read. So wait, that means you don't know what I named this planet? Hang on, I'm pulling them up now. Oh... Oh, phone. Honeymoon landing. I... I don't know what to say. I do. You do? Yeah. I love you. I... I love you too. Murd and phone. Entry. 
Dollar, ta, olive, three, one. We're still stormbound. Think it's decreasing. Reading's still blind, but the smell isn't as bad. So while we're still stuck, I wanted to ask. You've been reading my logs, so what do you think actually happened? Beloved, you're the expeditionist. I'm just a gardener. You're not just a gardener. You're my mate. And I want to know what my mate thinks. Ooh, very insistent. I appreciate that in the male penetrating stabilizing. But I don't know. Whoever they were, they're not here now. Maybe their food sources failed? Like some kind of ecological collapse? Something clearly happened to the oceanic level, and I don't even know where to start guessing what that would do to, like, farming. I'd have thought they could adapt to that. They were advanced enough to make the mirror you found. They had microcircuitry. Maybe it was the radiation? Maybe. It could be something they were using as a power source, and after they were gone, there was nobody to keep it contained. Or maybe the radiation is something from off-planet and caused the ocean drop after they were gone. Or maybe both of them happened after the fact, and it was something we're not even seeing. Perhaps the radiation became not just a bringer of life, but a bringer of death. So, what now? No monster but time. No danger but solitude. Murd, what now? Well, I guess once the storm lets up, we can leave this stinking radioactive desert. We'll have a proper honeymoon. You said something about swimming? Murd and Fong. Entry. He. Ale. Zazen. We sat down on a proper beach. Never mind ruins or artifacts, we're just here to relax. We gathered several species of fruits nearby, after Fallen scanned them to confirm nutrition safety. Says A is going to make fruit salad. Murd continues to look amazing in swim briefs, but somehow I don't mind that A left them in the ship. Ancestors don't write that. Too late I did. Murd and Fallen. Foil attachment. Murd, how dare JPEG. Note, system has detected that portions of this image have been artificially redacted. Entry, he, Salmic 9. The star set was incredible. Granted, I'm biased, and a little drunk. One of the fruits we discovered proved to be very potently alcoholic, and Fallen either missed that on the scan, or just somehow didn't bother to mention it but I dare say I'd approve of any star set I got to watch while I had this irreplaceable, precious, comfortable, male receptive supporting asleep in my arms. I'd say I don't deserve M, but A wouldn't like that, and as has been proven, A reads my logs. Murd. Entry 1-3-1 Well, I don't know if this is the highest point on the planet exactly, but it's the tallest mountain range, so the highest point has to be somewhere around here. We needed spear suits to go for a trek. The atmosphere up here has gotten thin enough that it's no longer blue overhead, and the stars are visible even in daylight. The ground isn't exactly snow, it's more layers of ice that have frozen directly to the peaks when banks of clouds hit them and flow over like a swift river over submerged rocks. Which, yeah, we got to watch that happen. It was incredible. There's this whole half of a continent spread out below, Deserts and jungles under a blue haze that thickens all the way to a horizon so far I can see the planet curving. The pictures don't do it justice. Very cold, though. Not gonna spend the night up here. No thank you. Murd and Fong. 
File Attachment CloudPeaks01.jpeg CloudPeaks02.jpeg CloudPeaks03.jpeg View Panorama01.jpeg View Panorama02.jpeg Entry Zajin Ala 5 This huge animal flew up to us. It was so dark green it was almost black, but shiny like it had been polished. It had wings like panes of cathedral glass, like six-foot ones, and huge eyes and these cute little paws, or maybe that was its mouth, but it looked like paws folded up begging for a tree. It looked us in the eyes, just hovering there while its wings made a sound like rustling sheets of paper. Murd thought it might be dangerous, but it was just curious. It tipped off before I could get a picture. It was so fast. Boom. Entry. Head. All at three. Last night on honeymoon landing. Going to sleep under the stars tonight, back in the high desert, same continent where we first landed. I set out radiation detectors, so if another storm blows up, we'll have plenty of warning. And Fallen is gathering wood for a campfire. While fixing dinner, we were invaded by all these little animals that came scurrying up the plains. They looked like nothing but shells and long tails dangling behind. But underneath, we could see all these tiny legs and little claws that were sifting through the sand and chewing up the vegetation. Must have been some kind of migratory grazing herd animal. It's amazing how nothing on this planet is afraid of us. A couple things have acted interested, but nothing's run away or displayed aggression. They just seem to think we're neat. Laid out the foldable mattress on the outer deck of the ship. It's not very big, so we'll have to cuddle close but I don't think that'll be a problem. Murd and Fallen. Entry. Head. Gimel. Two. Nine. Murd came back from retrieving the radiation detectors while we were preparing for launch. A looked grim. Said A'd found something. One last time, A said. Can we go check it out? Fallen said we could have a little work as a treat. Just once. Then we go home. We forget about trying to tease out lessons from a shattered, forgotten planet get on with our lives together. You promise? Yes, I promise. We left the craft again. The artifact was about a hundred paces away. We could have seen it from the outer deck if it hadn't been dark, if we hadn't been distracted. At last. It can only be described as a statue. Metal, an alloy of tin and copper, amazingly little corrosion. Representation of the people from the view of the people, what they looked like to themselves. Bipedal, probably mammals, thin limbs, dexterous paws, and capable of making statues. A mark, a maker's mark, proof that they were makers. They looked a lot like that vision I saw outside my window in the atomic storm, but I tried my best to repress that. A hallucination and a coincidence, surely. No clue who this was, or why they made a statue of them. Someone that someone held dear, or admired. A leader, perhaps. A warmonger, too the establishment, or the rebel. Someone who had a role in whatever cataclysm made this place what it is now, or maybe a victim lost to it. It had fallen forward on the ground. We had to lift it back upright to make a full scan, which you will find attached. It was lighter than expected. Perhaps I'll run the scan through the fabricator, make a replica for the museum, or just a miniature to keep on the shelf at home as a memento of our honeymoon. There was an inscription on the base as well, which we didn't see till it was upright. Fallen made a flash scan copy of it, 
We can't read it, of course, but please find that attached as well, just on the off chance that someone, someday, can decipher and tell who this person was. The last of the people. We considered taking pictures, but this may very well be a grave marker. Pictures feel wrong. Heading back to the ship now. Murd and Fawn. File attachment. Last of the people dot obj. Scan dot zero 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 one two three zero zero one four zero dot txt. Contents as follows. Of Vorsted, CEO and founder, erected by Aklenstra Bottled Water, LLC, of Ozada Manitoba, in gratitude for a successful IPO. Entry, Olive 01. Have just reacquired the lane guidance race and set autopilot for home. Merge is going to pass the time organizing these logs, possible publication, and preparing a report for the museum's seniority. We don't doubt this will be good for A's career. Fallen is cataloging the seed specimens from the fruits we tried, by which A means making up names. We don't know if they'll be viable, but A wants to try growing that alcoholic one, at least. We did get something from the mirror, after all. A tiny sliver of data proved to be recoverable from the current experiment I left running. We made a complete digital footprint of the device, so you can see it too. We've attached it here, one final message from this planet to our civilization. It's not much. There's an image. Two people, hand in hand. Some kind of ceremony, perhaps. There's a great deal of text, most of it corrupted. But there was one clear section. Whatever it says. Farewell, honeymoon landing. Murd and Fawn. File, attachment. Image dot BNP. Text dot. Zero 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 two seven three nine dot txt contents as follows. Hey, gonna grab lettuce for tacos. We need anything else? Don't think so. Okay. Full soon. Love you. Love you too. This was the second and final part of. The Lone and Level Sands Stretch Far Away by Pascal Farfel and Rob McWolf. Read for you by Nenakiri Bookworm, the Bespectacled Dragon. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.